0: The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. Your host, Steve Heisler, creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center, has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 30 years and is bringing you answers to your questions. This is the Injured Senior Podcast.
1: Hello to our friends in the Injured Senior, elderly, and aging population community. This is Steve Heisler, the founder and chief executive officer of the National Injured Senior Law Center. And it is so nice to have you back to listen to a brand new episode of the Injured Senior Podcast. Now, if you're not familiar with the Injured Senior Podcast... Our show is a show dedicated to talking about legal and medical issues of vital importance to the injured senior, elderly, and aging populations and to their children, loved ones, and caregivers. I want to briefly thank the National Injured Senior Law Center for its support and sponsorship of this podcast. If you are over the age of 50 and you've been harmed by the negligence of others, the National Injured Senior Law Center is here to help. So, go to www.injuredSeniorhotline.com for more information. Okay, let's get on with today's show. Here's a disturbing statistic, my good friends. Medical errors are the third leading cause of death in the United States. That's right, third the third leading cause of death, next to heart disease and cancer. Now, a recent study done by Johns Hopkins medical experts revealed that over 250,000 individuals in the United States died as a result of medical mistakes. That's one quarter of a million. Another study puts the number at approximately 440,000 deaths due to medical errors. Now, that's deaths as in fatalities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still searching for a statistic on how many medical errors alone occur in the U.S. annually that result in injuries as well as deaths. I don't think it's a stretch to state that there are hundreds of thousands of medical mistakes resulting in injuries and fatalities a year combined in just this country. According to a study done by Nikki Carter, Vikas Gupta, and John Hipskine, examples of problems that commonly happen when patients receive health care include adverse drug events, improper transfusions, misdiagnosis, under and over treatment, surgical errors, including wrong site surgery, suicides, restraint-related injuries or death, falls, burns, pressure ulcers, otherwise known as bed sores, mistaken patient identities. The study also concluded that extreme mistake rates resulting in serious injuries or deaths are most likely to happen in the intensive care or ICUs, operating rooms, and emergency departments. Now, the nine most common medical mistakes in the US in 2014 are adverse drug events, catheter-associated urinary tract infections, central line-associated bloodstream infections, injury from falls and immobility, obstetrical adverse events, pressure ulcers, surgical site infections, venous thrombosis, which is blood clots, ventilator-associated pneumonia, which pneumonia is an infection. So four out of the nine most common medical mistakes are the result of infections, and infections occur a lot uh, to seniors. So this is of... Uh, vital interest to, uh, to our listeners. I think we can establish, injured senior community, that with the calculations showing that nearly half a million individuals are dying each year from medical negligence, that we have a crisis within our healthcare system. If you have had any of the above happen to you and you were injured, you may have a medical malpractice case. So medical errors have wreaked havoc on the American public. Medical errors alone do not automatically mean that you have a winnable medical malpractice case. To determine if your medical malpractice case has the potential to be successful, Let's go over the four elements necessary to have a viable medical malpractice claim. The first element of a successful medical malpractice case is that a legal duty must exist between a healthcare provider and the patient. This is probably the easiest element to prove because a professional relationship is automatically established Anytime a doctor or medical provider agrees to take on an individual as a patient. So that legal duty owed from a medical provider to a patient is to use reasonable care in the treatment of the patient. Once a legal duty has been proven, the second element necessary for a winning medical malpractice claim is to show that the legal duty was breached. A breach of a legal duty is proven by demonstrating that the medical provider failed to adhere to the standards set by the profession. This is known as the standard of care. Some breaches of the standard of care are really easy to recognize. For instance, if a surgeon is supposed to operate and amputate your left leg but instead amputates your right leg, that would be an obvious deviation from the standard of care. You are, a doctor is obviously uh, obligated to amputate or operate on the right limb or organ. So that's simple enough. Other breaches of the standard of care, however, are not so clear cut. Let's say a medical provider quickly concludes that a patient is suffering from heartburn when in fact he has a blocked artery. As a result of not doing a proper workup, the patient is sent home and the next day dies of a massive heart attack. You would need to establish that the standard of care would have been to have the patient undergo a stress test or an urgent immediate referral to a cardiologist. So in these cases, you actually need a doctor who is an expert uh, in the area of cardiology to give an opinion that the standard of care required the medical provider to do more than what he or she did and failed to do so. Also. Some medical conditions are not easy to recognize. Let's talk about sepsis. Sepsis is potentially deadly and is the body's inflammatory response to an infection. If not properly diagnosed, the patient can go into septic shock, go into multiple organ failure and die. Sadly, sepsis is frequently missed by doctors. Ladies and gentlemen, I have seen this plenty of times. The standard of care is for doctors to recognize that an individual who has symptoms of sepsis, such as a high fever, rapid heart rate, fatigue, low blood pressure, etc., should get blood work once those symptoms are recognized. Uh, the standard is to then call for blood work to check the white blood count or lactic acid count. However, this is missed more uh, often than I'd like to say. And so if it's missed, it is a breach of the standard of care. And you would need an expert in infectious disease to, to give that opinion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the third element of a successful medical malpractice case is showing that the breach of the duty by the doctor resulted in an injury to the patient. So I have a lot of potential clients that call and say, oh, the doctor failed to do this or failed to do that. Thus, I've got a case, right? And I have to tell them, not so fast. So in the previous example, if the failure of a doctor to properly diagnose sepsis caused the patient to die or have one or more of uh, his or her limbs amputated, you have, yeah, you've definitely met the third element. The breach of the standard of care resulted in an injury to the patient and a devastating injury to the patient. However, A breach of the standard of care does not always result in an injury, a devastating injury to the patient. So, for instance, if a medical provider prescribes the wrong medication, yes, that's a breach of the standard of care. The doctor definitely should have prescribed the right medication. You you know, that's kind of expected. But if the patient reads the label and does not take the medication and sustains no injury, there is no case because a third element has not been made. There was a breach of the standard of care, but there was no injury to the patient and there's no medical malpractice case. Understood? Great. Lastly, a required element for a winnable medical malpractice case is damages. This is Very important folks. You can have the first three, you can have a legal duty, a breach of the standard of care, and an injury as a result of the breach of the standard of care. But if there are not damages, and when I say damages, I mean something more than just a minor injury. Uh, No, there has to be a catastrophic injury. Uh, in order to, in my opinion, have a winnable medical malpractice case and meet the damage requirement. Again, as I just said earlier, I get a lot of calls where there is clear malpractice, but the damages are just not significant enough. Understand, injured senior community, that medical malpractice claims are very expensive to pursue. So again, as discussed earlier, a lawyer is required to have an expert uh, who testifies as to the standard of care uh, whenever a lawsuit is filed. So if you want to file a lawsuit, you need an expert to give an opinion that there was a breach of the standard of care. And it's usually not just one expert. You need an expert to testify about maybe the type of rehabilitation that the person got or what the individual is going to need as a result of the negligence to be able to live the rest of their life and pay for all the medical expenses. You need experts for all that. You need an expert in economics to try to calculate what the economic losses are going to be. So you need at least one, but most of the time you need several three or four experts to be able to proceed with your case. And the lawyer must invest tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, just to get these experts to give their opinions, to take depositions, and sometimes to appear in court. So in order to be able to get into court, you've got to have opinions from these experts, and it costs money. So the damages must be extensive. Many times I tell potential clients, I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is you do not have a case. But the good news is that you do not have a case because if you have a case, it must be a catastrophic type of case. And really, you know, who wants that for their loved ones, right? Or for yourself, you don't want a catastrophic result. You don't want to be brain damaged. You don't want to be permanently on a ventilator. Uh, You don't want to be uh, going to the funeral of your loved one as a result of the medical negligence. I mean, if those are the cases, you know, if you had amputations or uh, organs that had to be cut out, yeah, you got a great medical malpractice case, but you – Obviously, uh, will not have your life will not be ever be the same again. So, yes, uh, if you, if you can meet those four elements, you have a winnable medical malpractice case. Hopefully, uh, injured senior community, you never have that type of uh, type of situation come up in your life. If you do, feel free to call me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. I hope this was helpful, and again, as I said, hopefully none of you will ever have to uh, worry about a medical malpractice case because that obviously would result in significant injury. But if uh, it does come up for you or for a loved one, I'd be happy to talk to you, to give you some advice, or I would advise that you go to an attorney to talk about it. Injured senior and aging population community. If you love the Injured Senior podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. If you want to share your story, let's say about a loved one's medical malpractice or your own medical malpractice experience, we'd love to have you or discuss your situation on an upcoming show. And you can email me at steve at injuredseniorhotline.com. With any story you might have or suggestions or comments, uh, I answer all emails. Uh, You can also go to our website, InjuredSeniorPodcast.com, and leave a message, and we will respond to your message. And if you want us to, we will actually play it on the podcast. So until next time, my friends, I am looking forward to next week's show. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Injured Senior Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us at InjuredSeniorPodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. To find out more or to get help at any time, visit InjuredSeniorPodcast.com or call 855-622-6530. That's 855-622-6530.